live from the Fremont Theater in Portland, Oregon, it's Portland Story Theater's Urban Tellers. May the narrative be with you. The Pyramids of Egypt, Petra of Jordan, the city of Damascus. All of these places are very close to where I live. The city of Jerusalem, the city of Bethlehem, is less than six hours driving from where I was born. I was born in the Gaza Strip. It's a wonderful place, but you really don't want to live in it. <laughs> so growing up in Gaza, in a sort of way, defined who I am. Wherever I go, Gaza has to be there. And it starts from a very obvious beginning, when I was born. I was born in a little family. We call it little, but everybody here call it huge. I was like <laughs> the, oldest, the oldest son of uh, six siblings. And uh, my dad, he's a very busy man. Really busy. But he always liked to have his time, his spare time in a farm a little farm that he created. And because of that, he left all of the hard work to me. When I, was, <laughs> when I was 12 years old, and Muhammad, go bake the bread, okay? Carry the bread, go to the baker, come back. Muhammad, go fill the water. <laughs> Muhammad, your sister's sick. So that doctor taking her. And I love that. That's that feeling when you're twelve years old, even though like you're really young, it makes you feel like you really own the world. You have the power. You can heal, you can make somebody sick. And part of that duties that I have to do is taking care of the farm. You know, I have some trees, olive tree, uh, some eggplant, and we have a little collection of animals that I really loved. We have the rabbits. Sometimes we take some of the wool and my mom will, like, will make a little socks. And we have some chicken, pigeons, and we have some goats. And every day, I will, before going to school, I will go say hi to the rabbits, make sure they have water, say hi to the chickens, take all of their eggs. No one egg left there and also uh, change the water for the goat. One day that goat got pregnant. And uh, 
you know that feeling that you have control and you become like sort of a provider? So I got attached to that goat, I really loved it, and I started every day giving her. If every other goat will have like a one cube of food, I'll give her 10. <laughs> and I'll just like make sure that she's okay and You know, like, I felt like there is nobody to take care of that goat but me. So, I witnessed the pregnancy till the day of birth. And I witnessed that. It's amazing how to see, like, life coming out from another life. And not to hear about it from, like, somebody who went to the giving birth room and the hospital, you know, like these things like I used to hear, like, oh, Muhammad was born, but to see it in your eye and with your own eyes. A few days later, we start looking at the gut and start getting weaker. And my dad says, look, Muhammad, I'm busy, take her to the vet. I was mad at him, but at the same time, I was so happy because I get to take care of her. And we went to the vet, and the vet says, yes, the goat is weak, it's, she's sick, but we'll give her this injection medicine, and in a few days, if it wasn't good, bring her back. I was okay. I was so happy. Took the goat. The next day, I went to feed her. She wasn't doing well. And I said, like, maybe she needs to take care of, like, of herself a little bit. More food. So the next day, I came back from school to check on her. And the goat was grounded. And the kid was there trying to nurse. And I realized that her life is going to be taken. And I was like, what I can do? I ran away directly to the vet. The vet was closed. I start running from house to house to house. All of my uncles are away. Fucking uncles. <laughs> Nobody was there, and I was alone. And this good, I'm the one who took care of her. I'm the reason why she gave birth, 12 years old. And witnessing her pleading, seeing the kid, goat, struck me to my core. I was like, what I can do at this point? And I saw the knife on one of the corners. And I was like, I need to get her out of her misery. I need at least to give her a peaceful end. I took the knife, looking at it, flipped it. And I couldn't do it. Every time I look at the knife, I remember every single moment with that God. 
the day that we brought her, the day that she got pregnant, every single morning giving her the food. And I couldn't do it. I just like stood there like a fucking tree, helpless. And the goat has died. And at that time, I lost it. I started questioning every fucking concept in this fucking life. As a 12 years old, imagine it. Where's fucking God? Where's fucking my uncles? Why the hell did the vet is closed? And everybody was like, what's wrong with you, Mohammed? I was like, what's wrong with you? Where were you? And that memory never left me. I came here to the US. I make sure how to, to make sure how to pronounce the word diversity very well. But also, I found myself in front of a very similar reality. And I'm still here fucking standing like a tree, but doing nothing. The Gaza Strip is so far away, I can't even visit. It's being under siege so as for as far as I was alive. I was one of the luckiest people to get out. And here I am. When I want the Wi-Fi, I just like hold my phone. When I want to turn on the lights, I'll just like turn the light. Back home, when they want to have Wi-Fi or turn on the light, they have to wait eight to 12 hours to be able to get that luxury. And I'm here just like underthinking it, undermining it. It's just like something here for the grab. In 2014 and in 2012, the Gaza Strip has been under two major wars. 5,000 lives has been taken. And I was here helpless. All what I can do is march in the street with some people, friends, speaking at the Pioneer Square, but nobody else fucking hearing anything. I was helpless. But you know what? At that time, the same year that the goat has died, we planted a tree, an olive tree. Now this tree is bearing fruit. And my family is harvesting it. And I always remember, like, the Gaza Strip was existed before I was alive. And it's always being under hardship and continuous, ongoing trauma. And it's always standing like a tree, proud tree. And here I am in front of you. I know I am not alone. I'm sure there's so many people from Gaza, from Palestine, like me, doing their best to tell the story. And yes, Palestine is not going to die, and Gaza is not going to die. Because 
Palestine will not die and the Gaza Strip will not die because we love life. <laughs>